there was one film where we like shot for like two weeks and then the lead actor dropped out. <laughs> Your face. There was, I mean, like, I feel like I've just been through like every possible bad, worst case scenario. Yeah. Like through those films. You need to get to a point where like when something goes wrong, you don't spend any time being upset about it. None. You just immediately start figuring out what you need to do to fix it. I'm just trying to be somebody. Hey everyone, it's me, Halise, endeavoring to persevere as always, back with another episode of the Trying to Be Somebody video podcast. I am so excited to bring you this episode, which features Grace Hathaway, the producer of This Could Have Been an Email, my five-part comedy web series that will probably be premiering later this week. I first met her back when she was 18 or 19. She was finishing up her undergrad at the University of Texas at Austin, where I went as well for film. And I don't know, I just immediately kind of gravitated to her. She has been someone that I've really enjoyed mentoring on and off throughout her career and also has been someone that I've been able to collaborate across with a lot recently. Um, And so I just really wanted to have her on because unlike me, she has had a lot of experience in independent filmmaking, truly, you know, incredibly low budget independent filmmaking. I think in Austin, she's worked on, I want to say, five independent feature films. And so I wanted to have her on to just talk more about what it's like to be in the filmmaking industry and really have a foot in it. I think I myself kind of come at things more from that content creator agency perspective, um, whereas she comes at it truly indie, (laughs) very indie. Um, So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. How would you, I was going to try to introduce you yeah. and then I just realized I should just let you introduce yourself because what do you call yourself? I don't know. Same. I, it's hard. Same. Um, lately I've been calling myself a creative producer and a digital strategist. Ooh. Because I've been getting more into like social media strategy and like digital strategy as well as producing. Yeah. So that's what's, I think that's what's currently in my email signature. Okay. So yeah. And if y'all hear little clinky clanks. That's my dog. That's Bradley Cooper. He's just hanging out. I think he just settled, so. I think he did too, yeah. Do you want to redo the intro? Nah, it's fine. Okay. I'm good with it. Okay. This is real life. You came to UT Austin for your undergrad and you're not from Texas. No, I'm not. So to me, I'm, like, whenever that happens... <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, I'm like, why are you here? So my yeah. senior year of high school, I just started applying to, like, all the best film programs in the com- country. Hmm. Um, and UT is actually in the top 10 film schools in the country. So that's why I ended up there. Can you... So with filmmaking specifically, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is mm-hmm. because I feel like you have this interesting perspective of being in like corporate land like corporate video strategy land yeah but then also you have this really epic like indie filmmaking side yeah of what you've done yeah (laughs) in your career Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how you got into indie filmmaking specifically yeah um my freshman year of college I was taking like some intro to narrative filmmaking like 
you know, just like your standard 101 filmmaking class. Yeah. Um, and I had a lab with this girl named Lauren and we really clicked and she was like, oh, hey, like I'm working on this movie. Like, do you want to come to set and like be a PA? And I was like, obviously, yes. Like I was a freshman. I hadn't been on set yet. I was like super excited. Um, and that company was called Twitchy Dolphin Flicks that did all those movies that I worked on. So I spent the summer helping them shoot that movie as a PA. Um, and then like the next summer they shot another one. They let me like AC it or DP it. Mm. I was on camera a lot. Okay. Um, they basically just like let me do whatever I wanted, you know, they're like, Oh, you want to be on camera? Like here, like help the DP. You want to produce like, cool. You're a producer now. (laughs) Cause it was very much like we were, you know, we were doing like GoFundMes, like we were fundraising ourselves. The budgets were extremely low. So they were just like all hands on deck. Like, Let's make it happen. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Let's go. So, so um, you know, like those those types of movies. That, like we only had like ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars to shoot an entire feature film. So it was real like struggle bus. But yeah. the thing about working on movies like that is that like you have to be extremely resourceful. Yeah. To make a movie with that amount of money, you know. So I learned a lot of, like, producing tricks that are, like, down and dirty. Like, how are we going to get this done? We have $2, like, you know? Yeah. Um, and it that, that, like, I think that mindset just helps you out in any kind of producing you're doing. Yeah. Because you're just like, well, I've had literally, like, $2 to do things before, and I did them. So I can do this. Like, I have an actual budget for this. Like, I can do anything, you know? Yeah. And you just feel... Like after having to do that, you're just like, I can, I can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Period. (laughs) There was one film where we like shot for like, we shot for like two weeks and then the lead actor dropped out. (laughs) Your face. There was, I mean, like, I feel like I've just been through, like, every possible bad, worst case scenario. Yeah. Like, through those films. Yeah. Um, And luckily, like, it was fairly low stakes because I wasn't being paid. Like, it was just for experience, you know? Yeah. Um, But I did learn a lot from from those. And I would say that's probably, like, that is probably, like, the value, the... innate I guess value of doing things when there's like no pay involved or no money involved it really is just like you're getting compensated not with exposure yeah but with actual like boots on the ground vocational skills yeah yeah obviously it's a privilege to be able to work for free at all yeah but in college I was working like I was working a serving job I was working and an internship and going to class at any given time. Yeah. Um, and for me, like, the biggest thing about, like, working for free is, like, you you make a lot of connections that you wouldn't otherwise, you know? Or, like, working for, like, a shitty intern, like, inter- like when you're getting paid, like, 10 bucks an hour for this internship, and you're like, okay, I'm not doing this for the money, but, yeah. like, I'm doing this for, like, the experience and for the people yeah. that I'm meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everyone, I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Trying to Be Somebody podcast. If you're new here, a few things that you can do that will really help us out. Wherever you're listening to us, if you're just listening, then please rate us on that app wherever you're listening to us. That really helps us out. Um, The next thing, if you are watching us on YouTube, 
which is awesome to us. Please consider subscribing and liking the video and also commenting down below um, because that really helps with engagement. And unfortunately, we have to cater to algorithmic things to survive. So yeah, please do that. All right, back to the podcast. <laughs> and for those of y'all who don't know, Grace and I, I actually first met Grace when she was still in her undergrad. Yeah. Um, she was an intern at the boutique little production company that I worked at full time. Mm-hmm. It was my first full-time production job that I had yeah and she was basically the intern under me I guess yeah yeah, yeah I think I was 19 and you were 21. I was 21 yeah we were children yeah that was the summer after I started that that internship in my freshman year wow yeah so I mean I came in ready to rumble she was very hungry yeah yeah it was like, I immediately was like, ooh, the passion, the drive. We love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> and now I feel like, I feel like in some ways and now like you've surpassed me in like some regards in your career because of, yeah. Aww. Yes. Because of, again, like the, so right now, you know, we're, Evelyn and I are working on producing the web series. Mm-hmm. Grace is hopefully going to help us with that. Not hopefully, I am. There you go. See, it's that, ofi- this is the official announcement. <laughs> Again, it's like you have so much producing experience that most of the things I've produced, budget was involved. Mm-hmm. And so I operated very much in the corporate sphere of my producing capabilities of like, this is what it costs, so... It costs what it costs. It costs so what it costs. Run me my money. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with independent projects, it really is like you're here because of passion. Passion. And such. Passion. <laughs> passion and yeah, like for me with that, that series, that's pure like passion and potential. It's like I do work a corporate job right now. I work with mostly tech clients and nonprofits. Yeah. Um. I like it, but, like, it can get hella boring. Like, how many times can you talk about a data center before you're just like, "Mm, I need a creative outlet! Like, so for me, like, it's definitely passion, but it's also, like, I'm not going to sign on to something where I don't think it's good. Right? So it's like, I see the potential for this to be, like, Issa Rae's, you know, YouTube series. So I'm just like, I really see the vision on this one. Aww. Um, so. You guys. <laughs> Are there any, like, so again, you've been in the trenches of producer land for so long. So. <laughs> for so long. <laughs> what would be, do you, like, off the cuff, what would be mm-hmm. some things that you would want to tell someone who's thinking about getting into producing independent specifically independent projects because I have had some I actually have had a couple like Patreon producers reach out who are trying to do independent projects that are like documentary based so they're trying to do things around documenting their family better Mm -hmm. and maybe that turns into a film that they put in something but it's really more about the documentation aspect of it you know Mm -hmm. but what would be some like producing Hmm. good producing tips if you're especially if you're hella low budget you know what I mean I think there are two ways to approach producing. Okay. Like one is like, you know, what connections do I need to make mm. to like become a successful producer in this field, which is extremely annoying to me. Like I'm not like I, when I came to college, I was just like, I was not there to make friends and I wish I would have made more friends and ah. like spent a little more time with my classmates. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I do think that that's really important and you can't like devalue the, the connections. Um, but I think they should be sincere like you and me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so in that sense, you know, that worked out well because we're still working together and all that kind of thing. Um, but like now, like since I'm still in Austin and that's where I went to school, like there are so many people working in the industry that I went to school with and I only vaguely know them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, dang, like I wish I would have just put in a little more time instead of like bouncing right after class to go to my internship. I think from a technical perspective, if you're just trying to like do your own thing and you just want to produce something good, Mm -hmm. um, you have to decide where you want your budget to go. Mm. Like, and where it's important for it to go. And for me, that's usually sound. Ooh. (laughs) Like, for me, like, I would rather spend money on a sound person than set up my own camera. Because I think the better your sound is, the higher quality your piece is going to be. Even if the video isn't as good. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I feel like, and this is actually the, this is something that I say to Um, I guess, content creators a lot. Like people will ask me for advice on what camera should I buy? What's this, you know, like, and don't get me wrong. I love the gear as much as the next. The gear is so much fun. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And the gear does enable you to do more potentially um, or just get you hired more and things like that. But I would say if you're a content creator and you're doing this on the side, you have a full-time job and you're just kind of experimenting and having fun with it. The quickest easiest way to up the production value of your video is just getting a microphone yeah like literally a zoom h1n no for a hundred dollars yes and like or just rent it or rent it if you can't buy it rent it yeah rent it when you know and that and that actually will make you be a better producer too yeah because you'll learn that you need to script all your videos out Mm -hmm. And know what you're gonna film, yeah. so you can rent it quickly yep. and not rent it for too long, and send it back. Like yeah. a lot of that is like the technical skills of being a producer is like time management. Time management is probably the number one. Yeah, like cre- creative po- problem solving. Creative problem solving, yes, for time sure. Time management. Yeah, and knowing how to be calm when shit hits the fan. <laughs> yes, that, those are the big three of producing. <laughs> And if you go into a shoot thinking that it's going to go smoothly, you're no. fucking up already. Yes, I, I, that is so true. Like being a producer is, I feel like, allowing Murphy's Law to happen. Yeah. And like having so many absurd backup plans. Yeah, you need to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Yeah, and then like A, five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, you need to get to a point where, like, when something goes wrong, you don't spend any time being upset about it. None. You just immediately start figuring out what you need to do to fix it. You just respond. Like, you just act. Like, yeah, that is the big thing. Because you're not surprised at all that this happened, right? You're not surprised no. that the that the lead actor didn't show up anymore. Yeah, just no. stopped three quarters yeah. of the way through the film. You're not surprised. No. That's just what happens. You're like, okay, well, I had a backup plan for the actor, so. Yeah. That, that did fuck up our budget, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. That was a rough shoot. Also, but. like, lack of professionalism on that a little bit. 
Yeah, but like that's the thing when you're you have ten thousand dollars and you can't pay your actors. Like mm. all the actors are doing it for passion. So if you don't keep morale up, they're bouncing. Like it's rough. Dang. Yeah, but like. I wouldn't trade that for the world, right? Like that skill of like getting people to work for Mm -hmm. no money, (laughs) like convincing them that like it's worth their time. Yeah. That's a good skill to have. (laughs) Highly recommend everyone do a shoot where they have barely any money and have to like really just scrap it. Or like when you have to cold call restaurants and be like, will you um, donate food for my shoot? I just need 20 sub sandwiches. (laughs) Please. That was always the worst. Like, that's always the part that I hated about producing in college is, like, getting people to donate food. Oh, my God. I think for – I was talking to Mr. Halise about this, actually, um, with producing and how much – because when you're in film school – so this is actually some advice. If, if you all are in film school or thinking about going to film school, one of the mm-hmm. best reasons to go – is because you get to get on set a lot more often because generally speaking, your TAs are master's film students probably. Yeah. And they are working on their dissertation pieces, their dissertation documentaries, features, shorts, whatever it is. And so they need free labor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great because you as an undergrad get to be on a decent set yeah like it's no, a, those it's, those sets are yeah professional I was on a lot of master student sets yeah. all through my undergrad mm-hmm. um and but and this is like a very you know you went to UT film school kind of thing mm-hmm. Domino's Pizza yeah Domino's Pizza because when we were both in film school there was a Domino's right outside of the university like right off the main yeah. drag and Domino's has this deal where you can get a pizza, a lot like an extra large, it will feed seven, eight people pizza mm-hmm. for five dollars. Yeah. And so, high key, I kind of hate pizza now because yeah. that's <laughs> like the set food. Because that was all people would get. Yeah. And you knew you were on like a quality set. Like, ooh, this is a quality set. When you showed up, and the producer, who's probably another master's student, was like what do you want from Chipotle? I'm yeah. putting in the order. That's like top tier bougie. That was like, oh. Yeah. And if they were like, there's guac budget. We're like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's why I always, actually, I don't think I, I've had pizza on my sets more than like a couple times. Yeah. Because just, I just cannot. Like, it's also like when you think about like you're working six hours and then you feed people and you need them to work another six hours. Yeah, pizza's not. Pizza is not the vibe. Like they're going to want to take a nap. Yeah, it's not the way <laughs> like to go. Like you need some protein. You need some <laughs> veg. Like, And that's something I would actually say if you are someone who's trying to produce a short, a feature, whatever, very, very, very like Grace is saying, like 10K short, short, or 10K feature, that's like so low. That's so <laughs> low. That's like zero. Um, then something aside from sound and like all the technical things you should invest in, feeding everyone really well yeah. every day. Yeah. Like having some kind of breakfast situation, yep. good coffee. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Like for me, I don't really covet food in that way. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I don't. I am such a foodie. Like it's extremely important to me, and yeah. that's why. Like when you come to my set, like you got the Lara bars. Like you got. <laughs> like if I have a 10k budget, I'm spending 25 percent of it on like food. Yeah. Because you're not paying people. Yeah. No. And like 
You'd be surprised how many times, like for me, it was actually as a producer, that was something I had to learn, Yeah, was that really investing and feeding people really, really, really well, Yeah, like completely changes. And this is on like sets where there is budget, you know, where everybody's getting paid. Regardless. Everybody's getting paid. Everyone's happy. But like feeding everyone. Food equals morale. Yeah. Big time. And like almost even like letting people know lunch will be at this time. Like. When you sh- when they show up at seven a.m., yeah. just already like setting the expectation for people. Yeah, so important. Yeah, and then making sure lunch really does happen at that time. Yeah, like you cannot go over. No, people be getting hangry. They really do. Like for a good reason. For a valid reason, but like I yeah. don't get hangry, so oh. it's very. I just power through. Okay, so I inherently <laughs> knew everything that you had to learn because I'm a hangry ass. <laughs> <laughs> Like, food is, like, so important to me. If I show up to a set and you have some, like, like raggedy pizza, I only get one slice. I'm leaving. I'm walking off set. Like, we're done here. Like, it's over. It's a wrap. Like, so I think I learned that early. And then I also, like, because I would get, like, food donations, but I'd get them from, like, bougie Italian places. So really? I'd have, yeah, I'd have, like, catered, like, those big foil tins. Like, yeah. From an Italian place. Just, like, huge lasagnas. Yeah. But people loved it, and they would come up to me and be like, this is really good. Like, thank you so much. And, like, they'd be so much happier, and that's when I was like, okay, this is important. Yeah. And also, like, if you have people on set and you know they like a certain snack or drink. Yes. Make sure that that snack or drink is on set. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's healthy, because then it's like, you might as well get enough for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think you, it's really important to pay attention to, like, those little things that people like. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and just be like, hey, I thought of you and Here you got you go. six pack of Diet Coke. Like, you'd be really surprised at how far that'll go. And Diet Coke is like a dollar. Yeah. You know? I think it's also like being a good producer is not to like belittle other people, but as a producer, you just really, you, you're babying everyone. Yes. Like truly. Well, your job is to make sure they can do their jobs without like interference yes. or hindrance. Yes. So any mental blockages you can take away from them, any way that you can even make them like incrementally happier, yes, you're going to get that out of them. Yes. Right? Yes. So like that's why it's so important. Like Something I'm- I learned in a producing class that is extremely important is when you're budgeting to have a, like a percentage of your budget added on for contingency and sh- stuff that you didn't budget for. Yeah. So every budget I do, I add like 10% of the total budget on yeah. top. Yeah. In case you go over, which you will. Yeah. And like, yeah. So like with that, what she's talking about is when you're actually building out the line items of what everything will cost and then you figure out that like, okay, this shoot, if I get everyone and pay everyone and do all that stuff, right, it, it's going to be like 10 grand or yeah. five grand or whatever. Add an extra 10% on to that. Yeah. So that way, you know, like okay, mm-hmm. we've got room. Something I'm struggling with is, because you were talking about how like with the low budget stuff, y- y'all wouldn't pay anyone really. Everyone's passion project, right? Yeah. And that like just doesn't sit well with my soul at That's like fair. the stage I'm at in my life, mm-hmm. heart chakra vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but what would you say is like the bare minimum? Because then I also feel like, here's my thing too. I also feel like if you pay people so low. It's insulting. It's insulting kind of. So yeah. like- what is an, what would you say is enough for an actor? Ooh. Yeah. For like for a like a short. 
for a short. Yeah, so maybe they're going to be on set for three or four days with you. Maybe like three days yeah. of filming. And it's a short film. And they're like one of the main characters. I mean, I usually just ask them for their day rate. Oh, okay. You're just going to go that route and yeah. see what they say. Yeah. Okay. And if it's way more than I can pay, you know, let's say they ask for 600 and I can only give them 300 mm. you know, I just say, look. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm poor. <laughs> but this is the thing. If you're an actor, especially if you're not in L.A., or even if you are in L.A., you you are probably, like, if you don't book this gig at 600 a day, you're probably not going to work those days. Yeah. So you're going to take 300 That's true. Most likely. That's just so cutthroat, though. Like, you're, no, wrong. Not, you're not though. wrong. I don't think but... it is, because I think... It just depends on the way that you approach it with them. Okay. If you're like, I know that you're worth $600 a day and I really want to pay you that, but like, this is my situation. Yeah. Would you be able to do it for three or 300? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, then the ball's in their court to accept or decline and that's on them. Like if they don't want to accept 300, that's completely reasonable right. you know like, <laughs> your rate I totally is your get rate it. yeah your rate is your I rate i totally get it but like obviously i want to pay people what they want to be paid so that's why i ask for the day rate and then if that's like extremely over my budget then i just have a conversation with them and i'm like this is what it is like think about it and you know i totally get it if you're not interested and you want to take other work but if not we would love to have you like you know et cetera, et cetera. yeah um but People are understanding. Like, actors know what it is. Actors know when you don't have money. Like, it's pretty clear Okay. when you don't have money. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a level of, like, non-shame that I think you have as a producer that I don't. About money? Yes. Yeah. That I don't think I quite have yet. Yeah. As a producer. I'm still a little, like, hey, guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With everything. Yeah, that's fair. So. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I understand that. It's a, I think it, money is hard, right? Like, and you do, you definitely want to pay people what they're worth. Um, I think there's a way to acknowledge their worth and also be like, I'd really like to work with you, but like, this is all I have. Yeah, you know? genuinely. And then they can make the decision like, okay, is it worth putting this in my reel and taking a little bit less, you know, for something I really want to work on? Yeah. I think it's also interesting, too, because, like, for me, the mindset of the independent film is such a different mindset than, I guess, like, my, my entire experience in film school. Yeah. Because so much of what I was doing, and I think this is more, like, how I was raised in, like, scarcity mindset, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I went through film school, and I was very much like, and now I need to get a job. Oh, same. You know? Yeah. Um, but even then, like... I really didn't experiment and go into independent films at all. It was more just like, no, I need to do a job to pay my bills. Yeah. And so it's still really hard for me to understand that like, no, yeah, people are just here for the love of doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. great to pay everyone, but yeah. also people are just here because they enjoy making films and they enjoy working on these projects. Yeah. And I still like... I mean, doesn't compute. What? The thing about it is, like, <laughs> no one goes into this field. Yeah. Because they are expecting to make it big. Like, who do you know? Yeah. Who is That's like, interesting because I'm like, is that true? I guess so. I mean, when I went to college, my dad was basically like, you're going to be broke 
forever. Wow. I don't think you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, I like, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but like, I don't think film is a field that you go into because you're like, I'm gonna be paid well. (laughs) People do it because they love it. Yeah. You know? That's, I mean, that is why I went into it as well. I really enjoyed it. I love storytelling, always have. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess I always was just kind of like, but I'll be fine. Yeah, and you are. Like, well, yeah, it it worked out. Like, it worked out. (laughs) But when you think of, like, generally the people who are working on movies and films, right? Like, especially in Hollywood, like, they work 12-hour days, five to six days a week. Do you remember the great, uh, what was that movie called? Was it Black Swan? Black Swan. The great Black Swan debacle. Yeah. And then that was how interns finally started getting paid. I remember that. Gosh, yeah. It was crazy times. They... Hollywood was a mess when Hollywood that happened. still is a mess. I was in UTLA, actually, while that was going on. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know anyone over there? No, not on that shoot specifically, no. But, like, yeah. I knew about just, like, the intern struggle in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thankfully, all of my internship experiences in L.A. were pretty good. And the That's ones good. that weren't, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, very quickly. That's good. Yeah. Like, I remember one... And this is something, don't be afraid to quit. <laughs> but Seriously. <laughs> I remember one UT, uh, one internship I did in LA where, and this was like so frustrating because I remember I had been interviewing with them. They had like a crazy epic interview process mm-hmm. and it was like for a boutique like video game post-production thing. Yeah. And they were like downtown LA, like pretty big deal. Um, and they interviewed me like three or four times I had to submit, like, multiple cuts of things to them to prove that I could, like, be an asset. Yeah, because they made it seem like you're going to (laughs) be... Your eye roll into the oblivion, though. (laughs) That's so obnoxious. But they... Because they really made it seem like we're going to have you edit stuff, working on things for us. We need to know that you have the skill set. So I was like, yeah, okay. They're like, give me a fucking latte. Literally. That is what happened. I got there and yeah, the, I guess the ex- like executive producer of the company was like, I like these specific energy drinks that can be found at whatever the dollar store equivalent is in LA. I forgot what it's called now, but it was like the dollar store equivalent store and they only sold them there and it was like cross town. Oh and he was like, you need to like go get those for me. And I was like, I literally, no. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I spent so much of my time working on tiny movies but I was the producer or the associate producer or I could do whatever I wanted yeah I think there's a huge value in being not necessarily a big fish in a small pond because if you're just starting out you 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 you're trying to build your skill set but I think it is valuable to be someone who's trying to grow in a small space yeah like I think you like being in Austin when we were it was probably a really good time Mm -hmm. And then, like, my first production company job that I had was because I had interned there as yeah. well um, and showed them, like, how they were doing their post-production organization of their footage wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah, I showed them, like, why media was offline and stuff a lot. And <laughs> she's rolling her eyes because she knows the company. But <laughs> uh, That's the kind of thing where they're, like, putting their scratch disc on a completely yeah, different, it was like, that. drive than where their yeah. footage, where their project is. It was that sort of stuff. And um, I, like, helped them find it all on a project while I was interning there. Yeah. And that was, like, more than enough that when I graduated, yeah. 
they were like, you can work here if you want. <laughs> yeah. So don't necessarily think that you need to go to L.A. right away. Yeah. You know? I have a lot of friends out there that I went to film school with, and they're doing pretty good now. Mm-hmm. But it was a, watching them go, it was a slog yeah. for them. Oh, same. Like a slog yeah. for them. And they're yeah. just now getting... It takes like 10 years. Yeah, it really does over that hump. Yeah. Whereas I think I think it only really took me like six. Yeah. Like I think I knocked a couple years off. Yeah, I agree. Because I came back to Texas. To Texas. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think there's... I mean, it's that and it's also like if you live somewhere where you have connections... Yes. That's worth a lot. The value of connections is quite big. Yeah. yeah. So if there's somewhere where you're like you're in a smaller town, but you know someone or you know you can get in somewhere. Yeah. Like you should do that instead of trying to go to L.A. and start from zero. Yeah. Because no one in L.A. wants to talk to you if you no. don't have any experience. If you're just like, hi, I'm here to make movies. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood. They're like, God damn, go home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're like, oh, you are? So are all of these other like, people. Welcome to the literal town that was made for making movies. Like, yes. what are you? Why are you here? You know, I think I do. That being said, I think I do OK now. Yeah. Because I have enough. No, you would. More. Like, I've done enough stuff. You have a resume now. Yeah, that, genuinely. That would make them look at you. At least look. I don't know if I'd get the job, but they'd at least look. At least. Look. They, would, they would pause. <laughs> they would. Do, it would be a hard pause. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, huh. interesting. I have this image of them of, like, having amazing resumes and, like, knowing oh. people. And, like, I just have this, you know. Yeah. Thought of, like, I don't know anybody over there, really. Yeah. Anyone of importance, you know, I just have some friends who are trying to make it, but luckily I'm like not interested in in moving. (laughs) Very true. I'm sure if I really wanted to, like it would be fine, but. I was going to say, you're an incredibly resourceful person. I feel like you'd be just fine in LA. I would claw my way up somehow. I think you would. (laughs) I think you would. I'm the video resident for Adobe right now. And there's also another one, Shereen. She is an Adobe resident as well, in video specifically, cool. and she went to film school as well. Do you think it's worth it to go to film school still? Mm. And as two people who actually both went to the same film school, yeah. knowing what you know now, do you think it was worth it to go? Do I think it was worth it or would I go again? Oh. Because, I mean, I think there's a difference between like whether or not it was worth it for me versus whether or not I would recommend it in this day and age. Would you recommend it in this day and age, knowing the cost? Um, it really depends on the person. It, yeah. Which is such a dumb answer. I know it's a cop out, but it's true. Um, I would say if you can afford it without crippling yourself, yes, because you learn a lot of technical skills if you're lucky, yeah. you know, yeah. like if you play it right. And also you need to meet people. You do need to get experience. And that's like a really good way. That's kind of the point of college in general. Like it's part of it is the academia. Yeah. Yeah. And another part of it is like, it's a really like scrunched in place to meet a lot of different type of people, hopefully in a very short amount of time, three or four years, you know, or five, depending on your thing. But I will say if it's, um, it depends on the program too. So it's like, if you're, if you get into a bit, a top 10 film school, go. Mm -hmm. Like, go. If you're trying to take film classes at your community college, you know, like, like do that, but don't, don't do it if you're going to 
put yourself into debt. Yeah. Or if it's like some like unknown program. Yeah. Like at that point, just go start trying to get on sets. Yeah. You know? And like if you if you can get on a set and you work your butt off and you're on top of things and you're, you know, anticipating needs and you show up on time and you're extremely consistent, like people notice that because it's kind of few and far between, mm. you know? So I think that's another way to like get in is, you know, if you don't want to go to film school, just start. Showing up to set. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like putting your wants out there. Yeah. So like when you do show up to set, be like, this is my goal, you know, because mm. people do want to help you. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So, people do. If you tell them what you're, what you're trying to sh- eventually strive for, mm-hmm. people will be like, okay. Yeah. And maybe it's not that time or the 10th time or the 20th time, but then it's like, yeah, you've sh- proven that you show up mm-hmm. and then they're like, plant the seeds, yeah. plant the seeds. Yeah. It's definitely the long game. It's such a long game. I would also say, I was going to say actually that, because I felt like the only reason film school is worth it for me was the access to being with the master students and doing sets and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the technical skills, but that's only because I took the like post-production route yeah. for filmmaking. Yeah. Whereas like so many of my friends took film school and were like, I want to be a director mm-hmm. and like took that route. And it's just like, here's the thing, fam. <laughs> Unless you have a rich uncle that's funding your short film or you your feature... Need- no one is skills. no one's gonna let you be a director right out of college. That's not happening. So it's like find a film program and make sure you have like literally vocational yeah. skills. Yeah, because that's that you gonna, can get hired for. <laughs> like knowing how to shoot and knowing how to edit yes. is gonna get you paid. Yes. And that is what you need. Like in the beginning. I don't care what you wanna do in the film industry, you need to know how to shoot and edit. Yeah. Sorry, but like you're going to be broke if you don't. Yeah, that or also I would say, and this is because most people still like think about it last and don't give it the time it needs, get into audio. Yeah. Because another reason I got in on master sets a lot was because I had taken an audio editing class. Yeah. And so like no one ever wanted to do sound. No one ever wanted to run sound, be the boom operator. It is very like time intensive laborish work Mm -hmm. because you're just holding a boom all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that is how I got on so many master student sets. Yeah, I always had a hard time in in school trying to find someone to do sound. No, and nobody ever wanted to do it. Yeah, because like you if know. you're a sound person, you're gonna get a lot of work in film school. You're gonna get a lot of work in film school and in life. Yeah, like as soon as you make those like key sound equipment investments that you need to make, you'll Gucci. get hired. You're Gucci. You will. <laughs> so yeah. that would be my other thing. Final thing I would say too is. While, yes, going to a film school that is in the top 10 or whatever is great. And it, like, I don't know. I've actually never been in an interview where it mattered that I went to UT. There was one time I almost got a client because she was, the company she worked for was, like, it was a lot of, like, older UT graduates Mm -hmm. who ran that firm. Mm -hmm. And so that, like, almost got me the job Mm -hmm. because I went to UT, too. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, that is never, like helped my career that I went to UT (laughs) you know okay like as like a name thing the reason I don't think it's a name thing I think it's a caliber of people that you're meeting thing oh got you school okay yeah right so like people who go to those schools are probably gonna have 
different career paths. Okay, okay. And especially people who go to like NYU, USC, UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those people are the people who do have a rich uncle and will hire you because their rich uncle is funding their film. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just like that's that's kind of what I'm talking about more so than like, yeah, no one cares that I went to UT. Yeah. After the fact. But yeah. the people who I went there with, you know, that's important. That your network is your net worth. Correct. Vibe. But the other thing I would say, if going to a film school is not for you for financial reasons, which I completely get, yeah, look into community colleges. Again, focusing not on the academic-y, artsy-fartsy, learn the history of film stuff, because you don't need to learn it. It's not that special. It's, it's white dudes with cameras who did racist things. That's the bulk of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but... Look for going to community colleges that have programs that will teach you software. Yeah. Um, something I did and that uh, the com- a company that we both worked for paid for was to learn After Effects. Mm-hmm. And I actually learned that at Austin Community College. And the thing about that, too, if you are a researcher like me, mm. you know, and you find a community college that's in the same city as the as a school that's very good. Sure. So for example, UT. Yeah. A lot of the teachers at UT teach at ACC. So if you're really on top of it, you can go look at who's teaching at UT and then go see if any of them are teaching at ACC. You get the same class for yeah. $25 hairs. Yeah. And yeah, the same caliber of lesson yeah. and everything, but at a community college price, yeah. which is probably going to run you maybe $150, $200. Yeah. Plus you need to buy the software versus you know thousands thousands of dollars for an academic yeah four-year institution yeah that's a really good tip yeah um and the other thing about going to community college like specifically for the vocational skills which I can't stress enough which is really important is that they will teach you everything that they feel you need to know to get a job yeah, because that's the nice thing about community colleges. That's the goal. Like, Listen, <laughs> the goal of community college for them job. is to get you a job. I wish more colleges were like that. Yeah, more I wish <laughs> UT was like that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I with ACC learning After Effects, mm-hmm. like even the projects that I remember he gave us to do, like one of them was he made us do a spot like create a spot for a TV channel. And he mm-hmm. gave us each actual TV channel. So I got the sci-fi channel. Cute. Right? And he was like, make a 30-second spot for what is coming on next on the show or like on the on air. And yeah, this like is obviously up next, up next mm-hmm. Merlin, you know? <laughs> and I'm that was one of my projects. And it actually looked really good. Mm-hmm. And like that was something that I ended up putting on my reel. Yeah. And like, because it, it looked straight up like it was something for the sci-fi channel. Yeah. And so I really appreciate community colleges for the fact that they really do focus more on the projects we're going to give you are going to be more about how to sell yourself and the skill sets we're going to give you are going to be more like, here's how you can be a good um, graphic designer. Like, here's how you can be a good assistant animator. Here's how you can be a good assistant editor to somebody and add value for them very quickly. Yeah, I took a class at ACC that was like UX, UI. Mm. Um, and the, the guy who was teaching that like was like a director at IBM. And so it's like, not only are you learning like the actual skills that he thinks you need to know for his literal company, right? but then it's like, if you impress this person, they work at a tech company. Yeah. Like if they like you, they're going to help you out. 
theoretically, you yeah. know? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so there's that too. Like a, like most community college teachers, that's not their full-time gig. No, Like they're yeah. doing that on the side of some other, th- some other thing. Yeah. Know, so. And again, so your point before of like, don't be afraid to make your feelings known to those people as well. If you are going to go the community college route, yeah. be vocal with your professors and teachers, telling them what you're trying to do with your life, where you're trying to go. Yeah. And obviously show up to class and do good things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the formula is like really not. Yeah. It kind of doesn't matter where you're going. The formula is kind of the same. And it's not complicated. It's yeah. just like hard. And there's no shortcuts. Yeah. You just have to like work hard, show up on time. Not, and not you, yeah, not be a pain. Want. Not yeah. be a pain to be around. Have a good attitude. Yeah. God, having a good attitude. That actually gets you really Like far. if you can show up <laughs> in the morning and you're not pissed off, you know, and you can work a 12 hour day and you're not pissed off, like people are going to want to be around you. They're going to want you to come back. Yeah. I swear that's how I've gotten a lot of jobs. Oh yeah. And even me as a producer hiring people, like I have worked with some cinematographers that are so incredibly talented. Like, yeah wow, this what is within the frame is so beautifully beautiful because mm-hmm. of you. But their attitude is just like, I can't with this. And I've yeah. worked with cinematographers who are okay. Yeah. Like nothing they turn in is going to be terribly shot or anything like that. But it's not going to like inspire me to go into cinematography. Right. But they show up on time. They're great to be around. Yeah. Super positive. Yeah. Great with the client. Yeah. They are the ones I'm going to give the job to all the time yeah like you can outwork and out attitude anyone even if you think that they are more talented in you than you like innately like don't don't like put yourself down just because you think someone else is better than you because Mm -hmm. like a lot of like really talented people are just a pain in the ass Mm -hmm. and like if you work hard and you're not a pain in the ass like you can go pretty far (laughs) you can actually go quite far (laughs) i'm really convinced i'm like pretty mediocre at a lot of things but i just like show up on time i like work really hard and i i'm i try to have a good attitude yeah and people are like cool come on back (laughs) i'm like all right Grace, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If y'all are interested in following Grace, I will make sure to link to her social media social media in the show notes as well as in the description box on YouTube. Yeah. And if you guys have any other questions that we like didn't answer, yeah. just comment them and I will... You're going to pop in? I'll pop in. Oh, Grace going to pop in in the comments. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Grace, especially if you're someone who's trying to enter the filmmaking space, which I find to be a difficult space to enter while trying to just maintain a job, maintain a career, and also maintain your (laughs) needs for living. So in the comments below, let me know if this conversation was helpful. Please engage with me down below. I always love hearing from you and letting me know what you liked about episodes, what you didn't. That really does help me out to make this podcast the best version that it can be. Again, I'm Halise, endeavoring to persevere as always. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Trying to Be Somebody video podcast, and I will see you in the next episode. I'm just trying to be somebody. Trying to Be Somebody is a Stumblewell production produced and hosted by Halise. Our podcast and thumbnail cover art was designed by Timmy Coker. Our YouTube opening animation was designed by Evan Abrams. Our theme music was written and performed by Belief in Music and produced by Jay Ruckers. This podcast episode was edited by Christopher Narvaez and Halise Narvaez.